Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This episode is going to be Judges chapter 12. And the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and went went northward and said unto Jephthah, Wherefore passest thou over to fight against the children of Ammon, and didst not call us to go with thee? We will burn thine house upon thee with fire. And Jephthah said unto them, I and my people were at great strife with the children of Ammon, and when I called you, ye delivered me not out of their hands. And when I saw that ye delivered me not, I put my life in my hands and passed over against the children of Ammon, and the Lord delivered them into my hand. Wherefore then are ye come up, up unto me this day to fight against me? Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim, and the men of Gilead smote Ephraim, because they said, Ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and of the Manassites. And the Gileadites took the passages of Jordan before the Ephraimites, and it was so that when those Ephraimites which were escaped said, Let me go over, that the men of Gilead said unto him, Art thou an Ephraimite? And he said, Nay. Then said they unto him, Say now Shibboleth, and he said Shibboleth, or Sibboleth, for he could not frame to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passages of Jordan, and there fell at that time of the Ephraimites forty and two thousand. And Jephthah judged Israel six years. Then died Jephthah the Gileadite, and was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. Six years of rest. Then died Jephthah the Gileadite, and was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. We know not the locality, nor yet the precise place where he had lived, nor the city in which his body was laid. No father's home had welcomed him. No child was left to cheer his old age. He lived alone, and he died alone. Truly, as has been remarked, his sorrow and his victory are a type of him who said, Not my will, but thine be done. It almost seems as if Jephthah's three successors in the judgeship of the eastern and northern tribes were chiefly mentioned to mark the contrast in their history. Of Ibzon of Bethlehem, and Elon of Zebulonite, and of Abdon of Perithonite, we know alike the dwelling and the burying place. They lived honored and died blessed, surrounded, as the text emphatically tells us, by a large and prosperous number of descendants. But their names are not found in the catalog of worthiness uh, of worthies, whom the Holy Ghost has selected for our special example and encouragement. And that was out of that was from Edersheim. <clears throat> Verse eight. And after him, Ibzon of Bethlehem judged Israel. And, in that, and he had thirty sons and thirty daughters whom he sent abroad or outside the family as in a marriage and took in thirty daughters from, from abroad for his sons and he judged Israel seven years. Then died Ibzan and, and was buried in Bethlehem. And after him, Elon, a Zebulonite, judged Israel and he judged Israel ten years. And Elon, the Zebulonite, died and was buried in Ajalon and the country in the country of Zebulun, and after him Abdon, the son of Hillel, a Pirithonite, judged Israel. And he had forty sons and thirty nephews, grandsons, that rode on threescore and ten ass colts, and he judged Israel eight years. And Abdon, the son of Hillel, the Pirithonite, died and was buried in Pirathon in the land of Ephraim, in the mount of the Amalekites. 
The following counsel given by President Joseph F. Smith to leaders of the church applies to you in a very real sense. Consider it carefully. One of the highest qualities of all true leadership is a high standard of courage. When we speak of courage and leadership, we are using terms that stand for the quality of life by which men determine consciously to prop, to prop, the proper course to pursue and stand with fidelity to their convictions. There has never been a time in the churches in the church when its leaders were not required to be courageous men, not alone courageous in the sense that we are able to meet physical dangers, but also in the sense that they are steadfast and true to a clear and upright conviction. Leaders of the church then should be men not easily discouraged, not without hope, and and uh, not given to forebodings of all sorts of evils to come. Above all things, the leaders of the people should never disseminate a spirit of gloom in the hearts of the people. If men standing in high places sometimes feel the weight and anxiety of momentous times, they should be all the firmer and all the more resolute in those convictions which come from God-fearing conscience and pure lives. Men in in their private lives should feel the necessity of extending encouragement to the people by their own hopeful and cheerful intercourse with them, as they do by their, in, by their utterances in public places. It is a matter of the greatest importance that the people be educated to appreciate and cultivate the bright side of life rather than to permit its darkness and shadows to hover over them. In order to successfully overcome anxieties in reference to questions that require time for their solution, an absolute faith and confidence in God and in the triumph of His work are essential. The most momentous questions and the greatest dangers to personal happiness are not always met and solved within oneself, and if men cannot courageously meet the difficulties and obstacles of their own individual lives and natures, how are they to meet successfully these public or those public questions in which the the welfare and happiness of the public are concerned? Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll talk to you next episode. Bye.